Welcome to the Staffing RecOps podcast, where we interview leaders from high-volume staffing and recruitment firms on the operations, strategy and business processes that they've implemented or are implementing. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to like and subscribe. We hope you enjoy the show. Welcoming to the show today, Patrick Donovan. Patrick, thanks for joining us. Hey, James. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Patrick is based in Atlanta, Georgia in the USA. Patrick spent nearly two years working as branch manager for another staffing firm all the way back in the late 90s, then spent three years working in a completely different space. Uh, I'm assuming Patrick realized that staffing was his true passion because since October 2001, he's worked for Axiom Staffing Group. I reached out to Patrick a couple of months ago asking if he would represent Axiom and share with us what they do around onboarding, retention and reskilling. And much like our last guest, the topic lent into internal onboarding. We didn't go into great detail because I wanted to save it for today. Uh, Patrick, your LinkedIn profile references your responsibilities growth, development, building and mentoring teams, penetration of existing markets, strategic planning for new markets. Can you help me and our audience better understand what this means? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's funny, you know, almost 22 years now with, with Axiom, and I think that my job has really always been the same thing, I, probably in this order of importance. It's really first to protect our culture, which is, you know, kind of what we're all about, and I can kind of speak to that. I think secondly is to develop people, uh, and then third is to drive growth and expansion. Kind of in that order, because I, we've always believed that if, if you've got the right cultural platform to operate from and you're um, you know, bringing the right people into your team and developing them, the growth and expansion of your business typically follows that. So that's kind of the order that we, that we focus on. And you're right, you know, I, I had kind of a taste of staffing early in my professional career, um, you know, enjoyed it, thought it was an interesting industry, certainly. Uh, I kind of got swept up in the dot-com days of the late 90s, if people remember that out there. And so I took a little venture outside of staffing. But really what got me back into the industry, um, you know, I, I met the person that was founding, you know, the company I'm with now, Axiom, and really kind of developed this running conversation with him that lasted almost a year, really, before I joined the company. And we didn't so much talk about the staffing industry, but we talked about how to build a company and we talked about how to take care of people. And, um, you know, certainly at the time, and it's still the case, we're in a really saturated industry. There are a lot of staffing companies out there. And so I think uh, for him to want to start something new is really important that he do it right, you know, from the very beginning and, and bring in leadership that could, you know, help develop that. Um, there's, you know, there's lots of ways to take shortcuts, I guess, in all industries, and certainly there is in staffing. And I think from the very beginning, I mean, literally, there was a list on paper of these are the things that we don't want to do. You know, um, that, that's because... interesting, Patrick. So firstly, I hadn't realized that you had started with Axiom in, in the very early days. Um, you yeah. won't have had a chance to listen to it because at, at the time of recording this, we, we haven't yet published the last one. Um, but the last interview, the chat was talking about a similar thing uh, in terms of not not just looking at we're, we're a staffing business, but we want to be one of the best businesses to work for. They they had a slightly different list. They were, we want to be these things. But you, so you guys started off with some concrete things that you didn't want to be. 
Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, you know, our industry can become so fast paced and, and so competitive that I think it's easy to get short sighted. Um, and, and there were some things that we wanted to, you know, while staying aggressive and certainly being very growth oriented, there were some areas where we wanted to slow down a little bit from the very beginning. Um, candidate onboarding, you know, for example, I mean, really taking the time to give any applicant coming through our system a good experience where they feel that they are you know, that we're getting to know them and, and really taking a minute to um, understand who they are and how we can help them. Again, it's challenging to do in a high volume staffing game because you're trying to bring so many people through your, your system and your process. Um, same on the client side, you know, I think because it's a competitive industry, it's, it's easy to lean toward almost a transactional type of sales process. You know, you're just trying to get out there and get some job orders and get them filled because everybody's racing for those same client relationships. But again, from the beginning, we, we kind of made this commitment. Let's really develop meaningful relationships. And so I, I think relationship building with the candidate marketplace, with the client marketplace and with each other internally, um, among many other things, has always certainly been one of the cornerstones of our culture. Um, and it's, it's frankly, what has kept me with the company for so long is some of those relationships I've built the, the kind of core leadership team for our company. Um, you know, the founder is our president and there's really four of us that kind of run the footprint of branches across the country. And I'm 22 years. And I think the rookie of those four has been here 18. So, you know, we've really stuck together. So, so but before I'm really looking forward to hearing about the, the growth of the business before we get into that, can you tell me, so you mentioned you, you joined very early a year, it was a year long conversation when you joined, how big was the company when you joined? You know, just a couple of branch office locations. Um, you know, it, it was a, there had been a lot of growth over the first, I guess, 18 months is probably when I stepped into the company and there had been some growth and development already, but we were, um, we were in the Atlanta market and then we had a branch office in Winchester, Virginia, which is kind of west of Washington, DC, uh, which is kind of a big distribution hub uh, in the States. Um, and so, you know, pretty, uh, again, a, a really solid first 18 months, but certainly not a big company. I mean, our corporate office actually sat in the back of one of our branches. Um, I, you know, I think the first company wide meeting I went to, there might've been, 10 11 people there or something like that you know and can you share um, with the audience ha the difference now yeah you know it's it's been i mean now we operate in six states um we've got 18 really solid locations across those states and a nice corporate presence in atlanta um and i think like anybody else who's kind of been through the last 20 or so years of staffing you know that has not been linear growth certainly you know we um, hit the recession in 09. And of course that was an adjustment period for all of us and kind of grew back out of that. And then COVID was something different to navigate for all of us again. So, you know, some ups and downs along the way, but certainly a really nice growth trajectory through the years. And again, I think what's I'm most proud of about that, it, it's, it's neat to talk about that and say, gosh, you know, look at what we've done and what we've accomplished, but I, the way we've done it is what, is exciting to me it's it's keeping this leadership team together it's we've got a lot of people in the company that have been here for a long time you know 15 16 17 plus years um 
and you know staffing is can be a high burn you know kind of high turnover high burn industry if you don't do it right and really take care of your people so i'm that's what i'm really proud of certainly the growth but kind of how we've gotten there has been fun you know so when we connected four or five weeks ago whenever it was um you talked about culture and how important it was as you were growing to implement culture so what what do you mean by culture table tennis tables and what what right. comes into it <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's it's not a new idea. You know, what what we kind of have as the cornerstones of our culture. I don't know that it's anything that, you know, we invented, but it's something that's hard to pull off, I think. And really what it is, it's um you know, we're certainly growth oriented, but we are um we're we're positive and optimistic. We're solutions oriented. You know, we never give anybody more than about 3 sentences to describe the problem before we start talking about how do we fix it, you know? So we work very hard not to get caught up in, you know, the obstacles that we all have to navigate in staffing. Um, we're incredibly team oriented. Uh, we win or lose as teams. Uh, we, there's not a lot of people talking about themselves at Axiom. Uh, you see a lot of deflected praise, you know? Um, if I call somebody to say thanks, it typically the first thing out of their mouth is, well, it's really my team, you know, that did it. Um, so we've just really held on to those things. And again, I don't know that that's some revolutionary idea, but I think the reason you don't see it more is in the, you know, again, very fast paced, high volume, obstacle filled world that we operate in. It's, it's sometimes easy to forget about some of those cornerstones. And so we work really hard to, to re kind of reinforce it daily. You know, um, it, it's interesting you know, all of this stems around relationships and as a technology has kind of emerged, you know, since, since I've been with Axiom since the beginning, um, that's been an interesting thing for us to navigate because I, I love technology. I went to Georgia Institute of Technology. I'm kind of a, you know, got that in my background a little bit. I, I love the convenience, the speed, the flexibility that technology can give you. Um, you know, since I've started with Axiom, I mean, there really wasn't social media, it, you know, in the beginning of my career here, uh, there really wasn't widespread use of texting as a way of communicating, um, e even things like how employees get paid. I mean, really direct deposit wasn't something you saw much in the early days of Axiom. And so you're literally hand delivering checks to your employees at some of your bigger clients on a weekly basis. And so I think what technology has done is certainly there's been a lot of advantage, but in terms of it being kind of a cultural interrupter, you know, um, it's easy for, for relationships to fall away a little bit because you can shoot somebody a text really quick, but is that really as good as sitting down next to them, you know, and having a conversation? Um, again, things like not delivering checks to our employees anymore. What's much more convenient for our employees just to have that direct deposit show up, certainly but you've got to find new ways to interact with them. So, you know, that, that's been an interesting thing for me to kind of watch and, and help solve for is how do we use technology, not as a replacement for relationships, but as a facilitator for, for relationships. And where it's not a facilitator, you know, how do we find new ways and new reasons, you know, to be in front of people and, sit down with people and talk with people face to face. You know, we, we do not have a candidate uh, or a client that we have not been in the same room with. 
company-wide. I mean, we meet everybody in person. Um, and sometimes that's, you know, you could argue that's a little slower, but, but I would argue that it um, builds more meaningful relationships and some of the issues that you may have on the back end aren't there because you're operating from the right foundation. Roughly how many people are you in the business today internally? Internally, you know, we run pretty lean. Um, you know, we've got about 80 employees spread across uh, our, our corporate and our branch offices. Everybody really um, is in a producing role here. That's kind of part of our culture too, you know, is everybody's expected to contribute. Um, and so we don't have, you know, there's, I kind of joke sometimes, we, we don't have a position in our, in our company where if you saw the title, you wouldn't understand what that meant. You know, um, I mean, everybody here has a kind of a very simple task to do. You're, you're either kind of part of a business development team, you're part of a service delivery and order fulfillment team, uh, you're, or you're part of a corporate team that's, you know, kind of supporting those branches. So I'm really interested. You, you mentioned something about about um, l launching new offices and, and from your LinkedIn, going into new markets. How do you go and implement that culture and retain that existing culture when you're launching a new office in a completely new location? I'm guessing a lot of it is done in person. Yes, that, that's a really great question. You know, one of the first remote markets we went into was Jacksonville, Florida. And, and I remember really you know, given this some thought, right? Because if you go into a remote market, a lot of times, you know, you're going to hire a new team uh, unless you're transferring somebody, but most of the time you're hiring in new people. Um, you, you probably find yourself wanting to find people with industry experience uh, because, you know, you're going to need them to be able to ramp up a little quicker and perhaps work a little bit more independently than if they were in the Atlanta market, uh, for example, where a lot of other branches exist and a corporate office and all that. But, it, but what you have to realize in doing that is you're really bringing somebody in who was taught the industry by a competitor. And, and I'm sure they were taught a lot of great things, but there may be some nuances that are different, you know? And so you, it really is important to, you know, kind of wrap them into our culture uh, right from the beginning. And so I think the first thing you have to do is you've got to find somebody who your culture speaks to, you know, the things that are important to us in our interviewing process, we're trying to make sure that those same things are important to that person. You know, um, is this going to be somebody who really does value the team over themselves? And, you know, are they going to um, be solutions oriented? You know, so you're, you're, you're identifying people that you feel like would appreciate what it is we kind of believe in. Um, and then, you know, it's a question of, you know, bringing them around the rest of the Axiom family, really, you know? So somebody's first, let's say we're, you know, launching a new market and we're actually in the process of doing this now. Whoever the leader of that market is gonna be, I mean, their first week is in Atlanta, you know, in the branches, in our corporate office. And then their second couple of weeks, we've got people from Atlanta going there, you know? Um, so it, yes, it is a lot of in-person time together, um, you know, we kind of manage each other here through really a running conversation. You know, we, we communicate in real time. We have a few formalized weekly meetings and things like that that we do, but most of the work that we do with each other gets done in real time daily through multiple conversations and in-person visits and that type of thing. 
how scripted is your or how how process orientated how documented is your onboarding for new individuals new regions new markets yeah it's we've been able to you know standardize it kind of more and more over the years as we've launched more remote markets i mean back in the that jacksonville florida example i gave i mean we were kind of figuring it out as we did it um but we've learned a lot through launching other remote markets and so i think we've got a pretty good uh process in place that you know seems seems to work well um one thing i think we're really good at is allowing for uh stylistic differences you know we've got a lot of people at axiom from different backgrounds from different parts of the country from different upbringings and different personality types there, there's certainly a lot that we all have in common with each other to be able to, to work here together but i think when we're bringing a new person in and then when and then once they're here i think one thing we do really well is we we surround them with our culture and help them understand that, you know, hey, we've been kind of doing this long enough that it's really no longer an experiment. I mean, we, we kind of know what works and we know how to interact with each other in a way that kind of lifts everybody up. But at the same time, everybody's going to have a slightly different way of, of doing things. And, um, and that's a part of our culture, too, is to allow for that and to really empower everybody here. If you're a entry-level person into our industry, um, or if you're a seasoned veteran, you know, everybody here kind of has a say, their voice is heard, and they're really expected to be a leader, you know, regardless of their title or position. Um, be yourself, uh, you know, certainly embody, promote, and protect the things that you know are important to us as an organization, but do those things inside of your own style, you know? So, Again, bringing new people in or people that have been here forever, that's something that, that's kind of a nuance that I think we've gotten really good at. You mentioned something early on about the industry being quite high churn and that you guys really wanted to look after your people. So that's a large part of the culture. Can you talk me through in a bit more detail? So, so, so particularly somebody that's running a team, heading up a new office, they'd spend time in person in Atlanta. I'm, I'm guessing you don't do that for every new recruit or every new salesperson, but can you help me understand in a little bit more detail what what that onboarding for a new individual would look like and how how do you reaffirm to them that, look, this is a safe environment to work and we're going to look after you? In, in what ways do you look after them? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, the the number one way that I think we, you know, look after people is by surrounding them with other good people. I mean, that's the, you know, I, I recently, it was in the last few months, I, I sat down with everybody in, in one big area, kind of in the Southeast of, of our footprint. I sat down with each individual one-on-one. -on -one. Some of those people had been here for 10, 11, 12 years. Some of those people had been here for three months, you know, um, and I asked, hey, what is the best thing about working at Axiom? What's, what's the thing you value the most? And James, without exception, every single person said, well, I just love the people I work with. I mean, that's what everybody said, you know, and then, you know, maybe a couple other things would follow, but that was the clear number one answer. And so I think, you know, What's really important to us is if you have a leader on a team, whether that be a remote market or not, 
and you're going to bring a new person into that team, um, we want to kind of make a group decision around that. We, we want people to have a say in who's going to be on their team. And then once that person is, is onboarded into that team, um, you know, the relationships start to build, you know, and pretty soon, I mean, the bond that these teams inside of these branches build with each other kind of happens naturally because they're working side by side and they really need each other in order to be successful at what we do. But I think what we try to do even beyond that is we really try to facilitate relationships outside of just the walls of your branch. And we do that a lot of different ways. We, we do it through, you know, area-wide gatherings. We do it through video conferencing. Um, we do it through weekly emails that kind of, you know, highlight people's successes across the company and branches successes. I should say branches, not people's, because again, it's, it's all team kind of based stuff. Um, and then even annually, you know, we bring the entire company together. We actually shut down our branches for a couple of days um, and we fly everybody down to Orlando, Florida and stay at the Hard Rock and hang out really, you know? Um, and it's funny, we've been doing that for years and years and years and it's kind of become, you know, the favorite weekend of the year for a lot of people that work here. You know, we just, so the, so facilitating those relationships with each other, I think is what, reinforces the culture across branches and areas, but it's also kind of the number one thing that, that keeps people here, even when they're feeling, you know, some of the challenges that the industry can bring. Um, and so that's, that's more valuable than anything to me. And over 20 years, you must have seen and, and implemented a lot of change in terms of technology. You briefly referenced it earlier. What, what kind of things has Axiom done in terms of technology and how has that changed people's day-to-day -day roles? Yeah, well, I mean, certainly the whole onboarding process for a, for a candidate has changed, you know, I mean, that we've got an ATS now that has a, you know, a mobile app, you know, extension to it. And so there's a lot of initial onboarding that can happen before somebody comes into our branch office, um, you know, in terms of just customer relationship management, you know, of course that has evolved from, I mean, gosh, when I started in the industry, it was literally paper file folders, which is amazing to think about. But um, so that whole side of it obviously has evolved. Our use of social media is kind of continuing to evolve and expand. Um, you know, I, I think we're, we're always, you know, kind of looking for, like I said earlier, more efficient, convenient, flexible ways of doing things and how to make our process easier for both our clients and our associates. Um, but at the same time, I, I think at our core, we've always been, and I think kind of will continue to proudly be a very simple company. Um, I, I don't think we're in an overly complex industry. I think what we do is a, a fairly basic idea to understand. You know, we have client companies who, who need our help for a variety of reasons to augment their staff. And we have people that are ready to have gainful employment and we're pulling those two worlds together. I mean, that's, that's not hard to understand, but I think it's hard to do. <laughs> um, and it takes hard work and, and to do it in ways that make the experience better for all those involved. I think technology is um, certainly a big contributor to that. And, and again, like I said earlier, 
what we want to protect against is let's not let that be the substitute um, for what we know God is here, which is the relationship building and taking the time and the intentionality to build these relationships. You know, social media to me just in itself is a really good example of this. You know, if, if you get on some type of platform where you're connecting with a bunch of people uh, like you and I did, right? Um, we don't really know each other and okay, now we have this connection. If it stops there, I'm not, I don't know that I understand the value of that necessarily, but if it's a facilitator for you and I to then have a conversation and to have a video call with each other, or if logistically possible, a cup of coffee with each other, then, then I think the technology is great because it helped connect you and I, and now we're going to build a relationship around it. If it just stops at the technology for technology's sake, then I think it's uh, maybe even more disruptive than it is helpful. Have you, uh, Axiom, invested in any software that is maybe not your typical? So al almost every staffing firm out there will have an ATS in place. And most people, right. even if they weren't doing it pre-pandemic, started using video interviewing software or, or just video meeting software, even if it was just to connect internally. Um, the people I was speaking to last week have implemented uh, a, a CMS for for um, in, sorry, an LMS, a learning management system for for mm -hmm. internal staff. Is there anything like that that you guys have implemented? You know, I, I would say not really. I mean, we've got the standard, you know, ATS, and we've got the you know some of the texting management, um, you know, extensions and software around that. Um, you know, certainly some um, kind of some marketing portals that we go through that help us manage our social media a little bit. Um, you know, it's interesting. I, the, the whole app kind of for, for the workforce, you know, this app driven model that's kind of been emerging, I think is something that's kind of interesting to, to keep your eye on. I did just see an article yesterday that said that I think it was maybe less than 10% of the temporary workforce says that they actually use that or, or really even kind of understand it yet. So um, I think I can see some of the stuff that's happening, you know, evolving over the few years, just just kind of the same way social media did. It, it took a minute for, I think, you know, uh, businesses to figure out how to leverage that and, and manage it and navigate it a little bit. So like I said, I think we, we've kept what we do um, pretty basic. Um, but I think that we've implemented some things that certainly have made it, you know, easier for our client customers and our candidates to, to, you know, do what they need to do with us. And what do you think is next for Axiom? What do you think is the next evolution? Where, where do you see the business going over the next few years? Yeah. You know, we, we've, in terms of our growth, I mean, we remain very growth oriented. Um, it it still feels like a startup to me. Um, I sometimes surprise myself with how much energy I still have around this. I mean, I, again, I love doing it. Who I, you know, with the people that that um, we have together, and so we're going to remain very growth oriented. I think we grow really two ways. Uh, we certainly try to capitalize on all the markets that we are already in. And, you know, there's always work to do there um, because I do feel like there continues to be so much demand for what we do. Um, and then we are, you know, really motivated to continue to expand our footprint of locations. Um, you know, we're 
just getting into Nashville, Tennessee right now as a new market. And then we kind of look at, well, where could that take us? Um, and a lot of times that footprint expansion is a client driven thing um, where, you know, we have a client relationship in a particular market that's really good and, and they want us in one of their other markets. And so they kind of bring us into that market, maybe initially as an on-site type of relationship. And then we spin it out into a traditional brick and mortar type location. Um, so yeah, the short answer to your question is more growth. I mean, you know, it's doing more of what we're doing, bringing more great people into the organization and continuing to, you know, um, protect the culture that we're founded on and expand our markets and expand our footprint is kind of the thing that, you know, gets me excited uh, in the morning, you know? So Patrick, it, it sounds like what you guys have done over the last 20 years is build an incredibly successful business that has grown quickly, not not become a huge business, but really has quite a presence. And I was wondering if I was going to uncover some software that you'd implemented or some process that you'd implemented. But it sounds like you guys have built that business by employing good people who are going to work hard but do it with a, a bit of a community mind it's it sounds like you're more team goal focused than individual target focused i'm assuming they still have individual targets your sure. recruiters um but yeah it, absolutely i mean that it's again it's it's not probably an original idea you know and i think i've i've certainly not the only company that would say culture is important to us i mean in fact probably most people would say that but i i think that having a real commitment to it uh you know through the economic recession of 09 and through the beginnings of covid and i mean the, these times where you know when when things are great and you're exper experiencing double digit growth and all that it's easy to you know, to be nice to each other, you know, um, but even through some adversity that I, that I know our entire industry has experienced over the 22 years, um, you know, just the way we've kind of taken care of each other and remained, you know, positive, optimistic and solutions oriented. Um, it, it's been the secret sauce for us. I mean, it really is. I mean, um, technology has helped along the way, I think, in, in many ways. And I get again, I get excited about that type of thing. Um, but it's just basically our relationships with each other, our, our customer base and our applicants and candidates. That's, that's the thing that's made it all work. Thank you very much for sharing. It's, it's been great to have you on the show. It's we we've run 30 minutes already, so I am going to cut it there. Um, but yeah, Patrick, thanks for coming on. James. Thanks. I really enjoyed it. Thank you to our listeners. Please like, subscribe and share. And more importantly, let us know if there is someone you would like us to interview on the show and what you would like to hear them talking about. What strategic and or operational changes are you planning to implement in your staffing slash recruitment firm? Lastly, thank you to our sponsor employee providing front and middle office solutions to a range of staffing and recruitment organizations on the Salesforce platform. That's all for today. James Lawton signing out. 